You're listening to the best morning routine ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hello, morning enthusiasts. Welcome to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lunid. And today I have the honor of introducing a phenomenal guest to the show, Corey Sue Morris. Now, she is a successful entrepreneur. Um, she's the founder of Retreat, a microdosing platform to help people improve mental health and well-being with um, education, content, pretty much the a whole holistic approach to it. Not only that, she has over 12 years of experience in building high-growth, consumer-facing brands. And so I'm really thrilled to have her on today because we might even dive in and talk about psychedelics, what it's like, what is the benefits about just having it, uh, and what is it that she does. So with no further ado, Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here to talk about mornings and well-being. Yes, yes, I'm excited. I always love talking about entrepreneurs on morning routine because you almost see the correlation, you know, about setting that 10 to 30 minutes of me time in the morning and how you show up better throughout the day. Before we dive into that, Corey, let's talk about your journey, how you got involved in psychedelics and how you're creating this whole platform around it. Yeah, um, like many entrepreneurs and that's my journey's a, a long and a winding one. Um, I would say that I, you know, it's going way back to being a kiddo. I was always kind of a, a good kid. I followed all the rules and I, you know, got straight A's and wore bows in my hair and then arrived in sort of post-college work life and found my way I was working for government. I was working for nonprofits. And I really kind of was butting up against a lot of structures and systems. So I think I found my way to entrepreneurship 10 years ago by realizing that a lot of things and structures in place that are meant to serve us if we play by the rules are actually broken, which is, yeah. you know, whether you woman, a minority in this country, like I was working for nonprofits in the government that had these big ambitious goals to, you know, provide fair labor for factory workers or, you know, change our dependence on fossil fuels to clean energy. And I kept running into these, in these well-intentioned organizations, people that weren't doing much. (laughs) And I, I'm a doer and I'm a helper. And so I think after you know, five years early in my career of running into obstacle after obstacle in these highly structured organizations, I just kind of threw my hands up in the air that I'm done. Like I'm gonna, mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it myself. So I think I never really a lot of you hear these stories about entrepreneurs and they were like entrepreneurs from the age of five, right? Like I played by the rules until I realized like that the playing by the rules doesn't always get you where you need to be for most of us these days. And so I'm a helper and I'm a doer. Now, 10 years into my entrepreneurial journey, I've, um, I'm, I'm on my fourth company. I'm very passionate about helping other people build their businesses. So my skill set was marketing. So I had a media company. And then I ran a marketing agency for many years, helping small uh, businesses sort of, you know, owned by primarily women-owned small businesses scale and grow. And then I found my way 
psychedelics out of, out of a need, right? I think the downside of of working for yourself is you often you know work quite a lot, and um, I was really burnt out. I was you know in this fight or flight, high stress mode. I think my nervous system has been in overdrive for eight years, and I tried mm-hmm. every optimization possible to sort of whether it's acupuncture or meditation and none of it was it was all serving me but not to the degree that psychedelics or psychedelics was kind of a last resort for me to deal with sort of ongoing stress anxiety inflammation pain and sort of these modern ills from these high stress lives we we lead so found my way to psychedelics and now you know as is my nature. I'm, I'm building a, a platform for people who are new to psychedelics to access information and physician and therapist supervised services for how to use psychedelic medicine for mental health safely. Yeah. And sometimes it's, you have to be a rebel um, to step out of your norm and your comfort zone. And so by nature, you, you've you had that um, innate for a long time. There's no way of keeping you or confining you to into a box, right? Yeah, I think it's now. Now, younger me would be very surprised to hear that I'm working in, in psychedelics, but it kind of all makes sense and happens how it's supposed to. Yeah, uh, tell us about the. Um, I mean, just psychedelics and the role that it can play, because I know you've had testimonials of how it helps you with chronic stress, and you know, once you get to that level of chronic stress, you're talking about high cortisol level, adrenal fatigue. Like it's nonstop. Everything's a downward spiral from there. Your glands, what do you call it? Um, thyroid. Yeah, your thyroid. And it's harder on women too, right? We're so much more sensitive to to the stressors or our com- our hormone systems are much more complex than men, right? Women are way more complex than men in, in many ways. <laughs> and, yeah. and it affects us more and our environment is a you know, affects us much more quickly. You know, psychedelics, I feel like probably for most of your audience, people are hearing about psychedelics everywhere. We're in what's called kind of the third wave or the psychedelic renaissance in in the United States where there's, you know, if you click on CNN or wherever you get your news, there's a lot of studies about the efficacy of psychedelics for things like depression, PTSD, treatment uh, resistant alcohol, resistant depression, and then alcohol use disorder. So a number of, you know, modern ailments, but psychedelics have actually been used in cultures around the world for thousands of years, right? Whether you're Vikings or across South and Central America. And so they're only new to us in the United States as of the 1950s when psychedelics were brought, um, psychedelic mushrooms specifically were brought from Mexico to the United States. And then they were used legally in the 50s, 60s. And in the 1970s, President Nixon filed a the Controlled Substances Act, basically. He actually wanted to throw Vietnam War protesters in jail. And the way to do that was psychedelic medicine. So, you know, since then, psychedelic went underground and it was recreational, right? Like he's and Grateful Dead folks. But in, in the last 10, 15 years, there's been a resurgence in research out of universities like John Hopkins, Columbia, um, really validating what a lot of cultures have known for decades, eons, centuries, that psychedelic medicine can really help us heal on a mental and physical level when, when used correctly. So it's an exciting time to be in the space. And there are 
oodles of different types of psychedelic medicine and we're all different humans. So they affect everyone differently, but specifically psychedelic mushrooms, which are natural mushrooms grow in your backyard. If you live in the Pacific Northwest, you might stumble upon psychedelic mushrooms in the woods when you're foraging. And what they do at a high level is they help un- un- help us unlock trauma and challenges that we, we all have trauma, right? So for things like PTSD and depression, the joke is like taking psychedelic medicine is like swallowing a therapist. You're able to work <laughs> through your trauma much more quickly because it kind of unlocks and opens up your heart, your brain, your mind. So you're more receptive to change. So that at a high level, that's not the scientific way, but the way you explain it, like layman's terms is like you become more open and vulnerable. And through that, you're able to work through trauma. You're able to connect with others more deeply. You're able to shift habits, things like smoking and alcohol, and you know, perhaps things that people have been working on for decades. So that's kind of why at a high level, psychedelic medicine can benefit a number of these challenges that we're going through. Um, also has a positive effect on cognition. So it helps regenerate brain cells. So really it can like unlock your your pathways in your brain as well as open up kind of your heart and soul to change. So you think about opening up your neural pathways, that's why you like hallucinate and see colors when you're on psychedelic medicine because your brain is like, whoa, it's firing on all different colors. So, um, but at a micro level, you can often, many of us can get benefits from psychedelics at a micro level that's subperceptual, right? So that's where I'm really excited to help newcomers learn that you don't have to go on a full journey if that's scary to you. You can learn mm-hmm. microdose and unlock a lot of these these benefits for yourself that um, come at the small small doses that are a little bit more palatable to to most people who are new. Yeah, that was my follow up question: is the um, is it a one time? experience is a one-time thing to actually work through that because some things are deep-rooted and it could be a lot harder to unravel and so you're saying microdosing is managing it so it's a it's daily intake or weekly intake and just kind of helps you still function and kind of show up in your life yeah so for things like a macro journey you know kind of can bucket mushrooms into largely three buckets, right? There's microdosing, which is subperceptual. You would work on a protocol and a protocol is basically a schedule and a container and it has an awesome morning routine, which we can talk about. And so you take sub like subperceptual, you don't feel them doses on a schedule, like one day on, two days off or four days on, three days off. Then there's like recreational, right? You'd go to a party if that's your kind of thing. People do that. You take mushrooms at a concert in a medium dose and you see some colors and the music sounds more fun and you're kind of like, your perception is heightened. And then a macro journey is where you, you know, full on hallucinate. And that, you know, is something that is in my opinion, a strong recommendation best done with a guided licensed trained like a therapist right and that you if you were wanting to work through a lot of trauma for instance you might over a six to nine month period or years have a few structured journeys as they call them where you are guided by a psychedelic expert with also mental health and ethical you know guidelines so um yeah that's the kind of the three buckets that you might want to reference Mm, interesting. Okay, so not to go all in, but knowing what your objective is, what your goal is initially, then you can uh, kind of set the plan um, yeah. going forward on how to do it. Okay, and then so for I, I'm I'm understanding how it helps the mind in terms of releasing um, any blockage of some sort or dealing 
with some trauma, dealing with some trauma. Now, how does it help the body? Well, microdosing um, is interesting, right? Because it can, there's, there's not, haven't been enough studies, right? Because it's a, you know, psychedelic substance. Mm -hmm. Microdosing can often, there's early signs that can, it, it can improve your heart rate variability back to that kind of stress response. It really can unlock kind of improved blood flow, things like that. But physically, it's more linked to the mental, the creative, etc. So, and it's chatting through microdosing 101. If someone was curious about psychedelic benefits for mental, emotional, creative, you would determine, you know, mushroom dosage. And for a microdose, that's typically 0.1 to 0.5 grams. And you would take it as like a supplement of dried mushrooms. And that is 120th of a macrodose. For anyone that's scared of like, oh, I'm going to hallucinate if I microdose, it's meant to be subperceptual. It's very similar to CBD versus marijuana, right? And then you determine a protocol. There's There are a number of protocols, but the two best known ones are named for psychedelic scientists, the Fadiman protocol and the Stamets stack. And you would, you know, I highly recommend a journal, right? So you get a, you get a journal out and a mood tracker and, you know, you say, I'm going to proto- do a microdosing protocol for eight to 10 weeks. And these are my goals and intentions. So Corey is coming in to microdose with the goal of being more creative and more present. And so I'd start my protocol, you know, on a weekend day, follow my schedule, start documenting my mood and set my intentions every day. So that's why morning routines are really wonderful because in a typical, it really helps to have that structure. So microdosing and in the morning, I would take my microdose and set an intention, write it down, journal my sort of morning thoughts and emotions, then meditate before I start my day. And that really sets the tone both for your day, but also for how the medicine kind of works its way through your body and your life, if that makes sense. And then some mm-hmm. of the benefits microdosers report are from a cognitive perspective, um, enhanced creativity, um, more divergent problem solving, divergent thinking. So creative problem solving is scientifically proven um, with psychedelic medicine. And then you get into the flow state faster. So focus and less friction. For me, I find that like I have that like fear-based mindset and the anxiety of, oh, I can't want need to do that important thing. When I'm microdosing, that completely dissolves away. It's just like sunshine and roses. And I'm just like tied to my purpose and moving through and you don't feel pushed. And then there's quite a lot of emotional benefits, enhanced um, joy, reduced depression and anxiety, greater connection. So whether it's mental or physical or emotional, um, there's kind of this like great unlocking that happens for microdosers if you're following a protocol intentionally. Mm, okay. And then that's how you incorporate it in your morning routine to kind of give you that creativity boost. Yeah, I didn't. I, despite being an entrepreneur, I was a terrible at morning routines for many, many years. And I think everyone, it was a running joke with my community there. You're so productive and such a go-getter. You must, you know, get up at six in the morning and <laughs> have a routine. And that wasn't the case. And it was actually microdosing as of last summer that helped shift that. And it was kind of that last piece of waiting to unlock for how I sort of stepped into this new phase of who I'm hoping to grow into. And that action of creating that space for myself so that I can then show up better for myself and others has been transformative. And it was the having the microdosing protocol that did that because I was 
worried coming from a scarcity mindset that if I didn't do that, the medicine wouldn't work with me and I wouldn't be intentional. And so, and then I sort of just, it became more fluid, right? Wanting to wake up and create that space to, to ground myself. So then I'm a little, you know, so that I'm showing up better. Yeah, I love that. Because that, that's our model, get up, dress up and show up. And these yes. are the things <laughs> that you do to help you do, help you show up it, your best self to your endeavors. For the microdoses, how long does it last before? How long are you on it for? How long does it last? Are we talking an hour, two hours, 30 minutes, and then you go so back? It's interesting, right? Because you're not going to notice anything until you start to really tune in. So you're not going to notice like the so perception. The colors won't be brighter. Again, very similar to CBD, more subtle than coffee or alcohol, candidly. You know, I notice a shift in my energy when I take when I drink coffee, I get jittery and you know you mm-hmm. all of a sudden you unlock your alcohol, you're like, oh my gosh. Um, but that doesn't happen with psychedelics with microdosing. So Typically, the mushrooms, you know, you have a schedule where you microdose and then you have what is called an integration day. So medicine is still working through you subtly. So but the Fatiman protocol, again, is a microdosing day, an integration day, and an off day. And so with that hypothesis, the second day, the mushrooms are still in you, but you are not going to notice a cognitive shift. That being said, for things like flow state creativity, it varies by individual and by dosage, but I take a microdose at say eight in the morning, and then around nine thirty, I start to see, feel the like the shift in the in my energy and my focus. But it's not like a, again, it's not a measurable kind of cognitive enhancement or impairment. It's almost an energy unlock. So the, very, the shift in energy. Yeah, you, you can you can tell right. It's like you how the energy in a room shifts. It's almost like the, your energy shifts. Mm-hmm. And for newcomers, what what should they know going into this? If they're intrigued about what we're saying, what, what do newcomers need to know about? I'm really excited for people to experience microdosing. It's natural. Mushrooms have been around for thousands and thousands of years since before humans or plants even. And so... I just think it's really interesting the shift that's happening culturally away from alcohol and pharmaceuticals. And so for those that are interested in natural remedies to live better, it's a really exciting opportunity. So that's the first thing. It's natural. It's non-toxic. It's less harmful, more subtle than coffee, less harmful than alcohol. And the second piece is that Mushrooms are living, like living beings, right? And I wasn't mm-hmm. very like woo woo before. I mean, it was a little woo woo before I started taking mushrooms. But then what the thing is, is you'll set, and what I mean by that is you'll set intentions and goals. And oftentimes it's like, you know, you didn't get what you want, you got what you need kind of thing, and something else will happen. And what I mean by that is that when I first started this microdosing protocol a couple of years ago, changed my, I wanted to be more creative and more productive, more of this like, capitalist, like how can I squeak more efficiency out of every hour? And I did become more creative and unblocked with my flow state, as I mentioned. But what I actually found is I found a lot more emotional connection. I wanted to spend more time with my family. I wanted to be more grounded. I wanted to live in the present and go back to being human versus like human being versus human doing. And Mm -hmm. that was a beautiful 
side effect. And I think inarguably more important than like checking something off my to-do list, but it wasn't what I originally set out to do. So that's the thing about psychedelics is that in macro and micro, you'll come in with one intention and it's really important to set that, but often the outcomes are not exactly what you, what you expected. And then the one kind of the 101 adages for microdosing and, and psychedelics is set and setting. So as I mentioned, so set is your mindset and setting is your environment. So you're very sensitive at a macro level on a journey of your sight sounds that enhances everything. Micro level, much more subtle, but that's still really important, right? If you're, say, at your office, you want to have a clean space, maybe mementos, fresh flowers, images to really help you feel good. That's great practice anyway, but it's more important when you're microdosing and then also that mindset of setting an intention, right? So mushrooms are amplifiers. So if you go into a microdosing protocol, anxious and worried, you're going to be more anxious and worried. But if you go in with an intention of, I want to be a better leader and more present, then you really, that your mushrooms will amplify that. So they're amplifiers and... Um, yeah, set, set and setting, dosage, source is really important, making sure that, you know, clean, tested, um, microdosing source, and then, you know, having a community. The last piece is humans are communal creatures, and we're really broken from that. And I think it's really important in your microdosing to have a support system, whether that's a coach or a community or someone that you can talk to, kind of like an accountability buddy in the gym. The great thing about microdosing is that, like, this is all stuff we should be doing anyway in our mornings, meditating, connecting with other humans, like leading with love and microdosing just amplifies that and makes it more important and brings it to the to the surface. So it kind of forces you, right? Like you got to get with your community. You got to be more grounded because the mushrooms are telling you that's the way, way to be. So yeah. What are some side effects? Very little. Um, that we know of um, at su- super subperceptual dosage. They're, you know, with same thing, like if microdosing and macrodosing brings up trauma. So if you have stuff that you're working through, it often surfaces things that you might not expect. So you'll be a little bit more sensitive at, at times. So if you're going through a tough time at work, say like there's layoffs in the corporation or something like that, it's probably not the best time to start a microdosing protocol. Um, for an example, for me, I was on a protocol and I, had a call with a like a mean customer service agent. When does that happen? And I was crying. And normally that wouldn't bother me. I'm a New Yorker. Like, you know, you can't screw with me. Like if you're mean to me, whatever, like I move on. And to to let us and I usually have good boundaries. To let a stranger like upset me was very odd. Um, and I found myself crying at like two o'clock on a Tuesday because I was just like, oh, there's like mean people in the world and like it's sad. <laughs> and I was like, what is wrong with me? So I was just I was much more sensitive and attuned and the this person's energy, even though it was off on the phone and somebody I didn't know really, really got to me. So that's kind of a silly, silly example. So uh, but I didn't really expect to be, you know, bawling my eyes out between conferences. <laughs> Yeah. What are some of the things that you do to get a dress up and show up? Um, what are some of the aspects of your morning routine? I wake up first thing and I show up for my family, for my dog and my husband. So that usually the first thing is we go for a walk right outside because, you know, the dog's got to go to the bathroom and get the circadian mm-hmm. going. I think particularly in winter, we're just coming out of it in New York. So getting 
my blood flow going um, and making sure that everyone has moved their body first thing in the morning. And then I come back and do my routine, which is, is short. Um, I meditate for, you know, just I use 10 minutes. I'll use like the Peloton app or Headspace, do a 10 minute meditation. Um, but yeah, first things first, walk. Then I do the, the journal. And if I'm doing a microdosing protocol, I'll microdose and set my intention and write it down in the journal and kind of plan out my day. And I find that writing things down makes me much more intentional about it and makes me less overwhelmed and anxious like a digital to-do list. Um, yeah. Then I'll do meditation. And then I'll go through kind of like a facial gua sha, you know, I'll do a tongue scraping and facial gua sha, a lot of Eastern medicine to kind of wake up my face. And then I'll be after the, the Zoom calls. So, but yeah, the, 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 the 10 minutes for yourself, I find reverberates through the day in terms of mm-hmm. measured in how I lead and show up to conversations. So, yeah. Yeah. It, it sets the tone for you. Seriously, set the tone for the rest of the day. And you don't want to show up chaotic, stress, um, you know, flustered. And because that energy will follow you in your meetings, it'll follow you in your conversations uh, within the family as well. So it, it's, it's amazing that 10 minutes that we take, we, we say it's me time. We're taking care of ourselves, but we're only doing it so we can show up better to everyone for everyone else. 100%. I definitely have been that flustered person. And you know what? I don't want to give that energy to other people. I'm I'm not perfect. Sometimes I still do. But that meditation is is the most important to show up for others. You're so right. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, tell us, Corey, how do we connect with you? Where do we find you? We have a um, microdosing 101 guide for newcomers on the site, which I encourage everyone who is curious to go to. Our website is retreatmicrodose.com. And you go to retreatmicrodose.com backslash free guide. It's a guide to get you started learning about dosage and protocols. Some of the things we spoke about today were retreat microdose on Instagram and retreat mushrooms on TikTok. And you know, we're here to answer any questions. We really want to help people thrive in their mornings and throughout their days and lives. And there are many ways to do that, but I'm quite passionate about mushrooms supporting supporting that. So if, if people have questions, you can drop us an email, slide into our DMs on, on Instagram or download the free guide. Yeah, thank you for sharing. You know, I, I want to bring it back around. And earlier we talked about, you know, finding your purpose and how you started out, you know, with working in places where you didn't feel like you were thriving because you're a doer, you like getting things done. How is it different now being in this space, you know, 10, 12 years later with that, with doing what you love, living in your purpose and getting up every day and just feeling such peace? Well, I definitely feel gratitude and contentment. I don't know if I feel peace yet because I think the world is still not the way I want it to be. It's tough out there for a lot of people, most people. But I think I find gratitude and calm when I think about less about me and more about others. It's really you know, coming from a place of service is one of the mindsets I've been shifting lately. So instead of I need to do this, which I need to do this because of you know helping someone else. It's like this this person needs this from me, right? Leading custom, both customers and the team. Yeah. So I feel really empowered by the fact I created a space to show up for myself and others and I get to dictate the day and then I can, you know, throw all of my energy into building something that helps people. So 
Um, I'm very grateful to have unleashed that purpose and plan to continue for the next few few decades building uh, building this business and spreading the mushroom gospel. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. It's been quite insightful having you on, Corey. So thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much for the conversation. I'm grateful to be able to share. Amazing. Well, all right, morning enthusiasts, that's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.